I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi, this is Tyler Higby of your Los Angeles Rams. This is the Rams All Access 710 ESPN. Last Sunday at FedEx Field, the Rams manhandled the Washington football team on both sides of the ball. He's going vertical, deep down the left side, and it's Robert Woods, the catch of the 20. He goes in. Touchdown, L.A. There's a reason why number 99 Aaron Donald was named Week 5 NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Donald gets there. A hat trick for Aaron. Donald's third sack gets the Rams' defense off the field three and out. The Rams are back on the West Coast, but stay on the road for Week 6. It's the first division matchup of the season with the NFC West and a little bit more prime time for the Rams. We get you ready tonight on Rams All Access for Week 6. Sunday night football against the battered and beaten San Francisco 49ers. Rams All Access. Rams All Access. Presented by SoFi. SoFi. Get your money right. Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. The voice of the Rams, J.B. Long, Maurice Jones-Drew, and Rams Super Bowl champion, DeMarco Farr. Hi, this is Jared Goff of your L.A. Rams. The Rams play here. This is Rams All Access with J.B., DeMarco, and MJD. Rams All Access is right Right now. now. Well, I guess we got to op- update that uh, opening imaging there for Rams All Access. First of all, happy birthday, Jared Goff. We'll talk hey. about uh, your performance at Washington and your uh, trip up to Santa Clara in just a moment. But uh, MJD has has new uh, titles affixed to his name, as I understand it. Just trying to be cute, guys. That's <laughs> it. Trying to get back into you know cute shape. That's it. <laughs> so what do you want it to what do you want it to read? What do you want it to say? And uh, now here's Rams All Access with JB Demarco and. Cute Maurice. Oh my God! <laughs> it's, there's nothing. Wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's, it's okay. Like Demarco, we're from the same area. Like, <laughs> it's okay to be like to get back to being cute again. It's self, self, uh, yes, self health. You know. All right. Well, welcome to Week Six. Uh, our personal appearance and playing weight aside, uh, the Rams get into division play and they've swept the NFC East. Nothing to apologize for there. Anytime you get four NFL wins, you bank those and you move on. But this is not the Niners team I don't think any of us were expecting uh, in this season, in this moment. They have gone 0-3 so far at home. They are depleted on both sides of the ball, and they're about to run a seven-game gauntlet against some really, really good competition. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I think the Rams have a chance to put them to sleep in 2020 this Sunday night. You know, and, and that that is um, – we, we talked about on the podcast earlier, JB, but – you know you're going to get their best shot. You know you're going to get the Niners' best shot. But if you can t- handle the wave early and you can weather the storm, this is what you're supposed to do in the NFL. You're supposed to put teams asleep that are that are ready to go. And it, it may not be because of, you know, for the Niners, it's not because of bad plays. It's just because of injuries at this point. You know, you lost your whole defensive line. Receiving core is banged up. Running backs are banged up. Um, you have an opportunity to put a team down, or like Demarco tells us, like if you can get if you can get a coach fired, you get him fired. Yeah, and they're obviously not going to fire Shanahan. But he- here's the thing: is look, we all respect the West every time, but I'm not sure what the Cardinals are or are going to be quite yet. San Francisco, if you can give them a fourth loss with the schedule they're about to run, 
I mean, they're gone until proven otherwise. And then Seattle's the top. And and if this can become a three-team race rather than a four or a two rather than a four, we're talking about a whole different outlook here in the NFC. I'll I'll say this, too, about the Seattle Seahawks. They're, 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 They're playing on borrowed time. I mean, there's two or three games that you probably should have lost. Yeah, but we've been saying that for years with that team. I mean, still, like it's just like, how do they find a way? Russell. <laughs> Russell Wilson. Danger. Um, and they're like the Rams, they're they're winning in a variety of ways. I think they're a definite Super Bowl contender. And they're on a bye week, right? They get yep. a chance to watch and rest. Um, so, yeah. And uh, going back to the Niners. You know, it is your duty to absolutely put the Niners down this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got them in a vulnerable spot. Uh, look, what, uh, 16, 13 guys on injured reserve, three on PUP. I mean, this is a damaged football team. Uh, even if they hit you with their best shot, it shouldn't hurt you. Shouldn't. You know, I mean, you're playing with some guys. I mean, they have a, a a virtual Pro Bowl list of guys that are out. So you have to go in there and take it to them. Don't give them any life. Don't turn the ball over. Uh, play the way you played versus Washington and win this game and knock them out for the rest of the year. That's that is that should be job number one. I got two things on my mind though. One recent, one in in the farther past. Uh, and let's start with that one. The Coliseum. Remember when they came down here last Ooh, year? The Mannion game. They didn't. They, no, 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 <laughs> no. Just last year when, oh, they, they, didn't, yeah. when they didn't have either tackle. Oh. They didn't have use oh. check. And you go down the field. Robert Woods runs it in. You're thinking, okay, it's on. The rest of that game was a completely different story. So, I mean, they're not as depleted then as they are right now, but like that was down yeah. two tackles and use check. That was that was no I, joke. I hate this offense. I really do. Um, and that's a compliment because it's so difficult. And the guy that I can't stand the most is use check because it's an old school look. It's 21. He's a yeah. fullback, but it's a new school attitude. So he can do so much. Um, this offense can give you fits running the football. Really. I mean, go back and look at some of these. You know, long runs. I mean, that's pretty much all they did that day, but they all pop. So, I mean, if you're not on your P's and Q's in the front seven, they can make your life miserable and keep them keep them in the game for two and a half, three quarters, or longer than they should be in the game. And they're only three weeks removed from popping the Giants. Remember, the yeah. Giants came to SoFi after getting walloped by mostly this same exact roster. I think it was 36-9, and we we're saying, okay, well, Rams, go play that score. Go beat the Giants by that or more, and then we'll know that you're in San Francisco's league here in 2020. A little bit has changed, but not a lot. Like that, This group is still capable of playing a game like that. Well, I, I think the difference is, is their secondary is beat up i mean was that mosley's street <laughs> yeah mosley's done wow. i mean their best corner is going to be verrett who's out there and yeah. we know his injury history which is crazy because of all the injuries in their secondary it's verrett the guy yeah. who's kind of the last man standing in their back end. right so they're a little bit different and i i, I truly believe this most teams that win defensively the second year they have trouble uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars happened to them. The Seattle Seahawks, when they were rolling, after they lost that second Super Bowl, all of a sudden the defense started to change. You can't keep those same pieces around. And really what happened with the Niners is that you lost both bookend, uh, bookends. You lost Buckner in a trade. All you have is Armstead out there somewhat of the time. You lost Solomon Thomas. You're playing with a bunch of guys that were, you know, are rotational guys, special teams guys, and then your back end is messed up. And that's why I, I think – you have the ability to run the ball if you're the Rams offense and you can keep you can play your game because they don't have the personnel to stop you like they did the last couple of times you played. I don't know. I I don't think any outcome would surprise me this weekend. I really don't. It's Niners week. I think maybe I take that back. I think the Niners blowing out the Rams, the Rams not coming ready to play, that would surprise me. 
Right. But San Francisco winning a narrow wow. game, Rams winning a narrow game, Rams wearing, winning big, none of those would surprise me. I'm expecting an energized squad from L.A. Because, I mean, think about where you had to go to play. And now you're going right up the street. I mean, this is going to be an easy, an easier road trip. So if they come out sleepwalking. But you have to remember, though, and we talked about this with those back-to-back road trips. When you, you, you played Philly and then you went to Buffalo and you had to play Buffalo. That traveling, the Rams have traveled almost 20,000 miles in the first six weeks of the season. Like, and, that is but bananas. But this is a 45-minute right. trip. This is this is prime time against a rival. Yeah. Saying. So yeah. if you've had to generate your own energy in an empty right. FedEx field in the rain on the this road, should fire you up. This, this right. should be emotionally easier than what they've dealt with through five weeks. It could be, but don't be surprised as well. You know that those and we talked about it. Those flights take a toll, and I'm yeah. not saying that they're, they're they'll come out flat. But it may get them a quarter or two to just to get back into it because they better not. Because I think the best thing they can do one because of the the mental state of the 49ers, is to get out early. But yeah. the other thing Your is only hope. Look what Miami yeah. did. Miami got took, on top of it. They took <laughs> Mo, they took Mostert out of the game. Like Shanahan Done. said, he was the best player on the field, and I couldn't use him because yeah. we were down too many scores. Bench Garoppolo, like I. That's a dream scenario, but you have to play this game from in front to really leverage everything that's in oh, your favor I, I in this matchup. I would be matchup. shocked on a Rams team that sleepwalks because of who's on the other sideline with McVay and Shanahan. You know there's a rivalry there. Oh, yeah. They were in the same room. Absolutely. So I mean, In there's, Washington. There's no way he's coaching this team to sleep this week. No, he's not, coaching them that they're going to beat them by 50 points. You better play your best game or San Francisco's going to embarrass Yeah, them. I'm not saying that they'll sleepwalk. What I'm saying is that and we know this when you have to do those back and forth travels it kind of it wears on you eventually it may no not doubt. be this week it may be next week you just don't know but you've gone to the east coast three separate times there and back right and in regards of what people may think because you're a west coast team the travel the numbers are always high and that's why it was so impressive for the rams like the miles the, Super Bowl. the miles yeah. are always high i remember playing for the raiders I mean, when i played for the jags like the most we would travel maybe 12,000 miles <laughs> when i was with the raiders we did 30,000 like that wears on you. And so I, I'm all I'm saying is just be cautioned to say, like, you have to start fast just because they've already done 20,000 miles or 19,000 miles wow. to this point. Yeah, but opening drives have been their best attribute. And I it mean, better be. Productive Jared Goff has been spotless. Sean McVay told us on Monday they don't really script stuff anymore, but they're on their P's and Q's in wow, that first no offensive. script? Yes. Wow. So uh, is he calling it? On the fly? Is he going Mike Leach? He's writing it up on the way out of the tunnel? I just think that he he knows his first first down play, and then after that, it kind of does the flow. I, I'm a big script guy. Like, I need to know, this is what we're running so my players know, this is what we're going, this is what we're going to get so we can play fast. Again, I'm coaching little kids at that point when I was doing that, but it helps you just get to a better start. But right. if you're confident enough that your team can execute everything – that is scary. The one thing that, uh, and I heard this, uh, Vermeil talked about this with me with scripting, because he didn't script. And the reason he didn't script is because if you get hit for a loss, yeah, your whole what? script is messed up. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, you're, no. you're playing for success, right? And right. when two or three plays go the wrong way, and now where do we go in the script? You know what I mean? So mm. he always played it close to the vest, or, or not called it on the fly, but just didn't have a script to follow. That's interesting. And it's not just offensive, too. I mean, you look at the last couple of weeks, pitching a three and out on defense has been the key to jumping out to that early lead. So should they be so fortunate in San Francisco, we'll see if they can leverage that to their advantage again. We have so much to get to on this edition of Rams All Access, including four down territory with the latest from Santa Clara. Uh, But we've also got a couple of interesting sound bites. One from Sean McVay, where he compares a current Rams running back to one MJD. Looking forward to getting your reaction to that. But coming up next, we're going to hear from Brandon Staley, because I think 
this moment has a lot to do with why he is the Rams defensive coordinator. And I think what he envisioned for Jalen Ramsey comes to fruition in this moment more than any other. That's where we're going next on Rams All Access. You're listening to 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Rams All Access on your home of Rams football, 710 ESPN. Getting you pumped for week six. Your NFL Sunday, prime time for the Rams. Sunday night football against the Niners at Levi Stadium. What's up? This is Jalen Ramsey of your Los Angeles Rams. Rams football is back. This is Rams All Access. Back to JB, MJD, and DeMarco. I love that Jalen Ramsey brings us back into that segment because he is who we are going to talk about right now as we anticipate Sunday night football against the San Francisco 49ers. Quickly, though, since the half at Buffalo, here's what the Rams defense has done. Last 10 quarters on the field for the Rams defense. Only three touchdowns against, 33 points allowed, three takeaways, 17 sacks, and less than four yards per play allowed. You're raising your hand to Marco? Oh, no, I'm just doing the fourth quarter thing. Gotcha. Does every team still do that? They Some do. They should. When you're Hold in a dog the fight. Fourth quarter, that's what it's about. Every team, and when you go look at their goal boards on in every team in the National Football League, they all have win the fourth quarter. Hmm. Uh, don't give up points. Mm-hmm. Uh, make big plays. Big plays are always there, but just win in the fourth quarter. And, I, I, you know, Aaron Donald seems to – he's always dominant, but in the fourth this year, he's just been a wrecking machine. Like <sighs> – if it is to be, it's up to me, and I'm going to end it. You know what I mean? He's always good, but he becomes different in the fourth. It's 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 amazing. That's what the great ones do, and 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 I think you know, especially talking about Jalen Ramsey. Um, first of all, I hope he doesn't get fined for that hit on Kyle Allen because that was a legal hit. But I'll say this: that is the type of energy that you need, right? When so with what Kyle Allen did, um, scrambling for a touchdown, right? Um, and that's kind of where. The Washington football team was going like, okay, we're going to try to get the ball to Terry McLaurin or we're going to try to get it to Gibson. And it's not there, just run. When you're able to use that type of force on the back, and we, we saw Micah Kaiser do it with Daniel Jones, uh, and you're able to lay hits on the quarterback, and, and again, like you put some out for the game, right? Um, that now has everyone on notice, right? So now you're not going to see quarterbacks scramble as much, which allows Aaron Donald to sit in – that quarterback's going to sit in the pocket a little bit more and allows – that rush to get there. And so I, I think, again, it just – the back end and the front end, it's working like like a great relationship. Like, you know, they're doing the tango. You take the lead, I'll take the lead. And and that's what allows this defense to do what you, what you were talking about, those, those points and yards per play. And now you're about to face a quarterback who's still nursing a high ankle sprain and didn't have the confidence in that to really plant his back foot and pull down some of his throws and was benched at halftime. So Garoppolo and the Niners are up next. And Maurice, I, I think it was – way back in the summer when Brandon Staley first started talking about like how he wants to utilize Jalen Ramsey differently. And Jalen's kind of talking about, I'm more than a corner. I'm a defensive back. I'm a defensive player. And now he's kind of in this star role, they call it, in this defense. And we're starting to see more and more of what that looks like. Like when they leave a side empty, he's kind of in the slot. And he can he can blitz. He can, he can hold an edge. 
But don't you think I, – I remember having this conversation. When, when they're having this talk about how he's going to be utilized, there was one name and one team that came immediately to mind, and it was – George Kittle and the San Francisco 49ers. And so here's our first look at it. And, DeMarco, we, we asked when Wade Phillips was running the show, I remember last year, like, will he use him in that way? And I don't recall him doing it much. Do you? I don't think it was, like, featured prominently necessarily. No, uh, not with Wade. Wade's, you know, Wade's kind of a you play a position and I get all the credit right. for 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 good defense. But I mean, the the thing about with Kittle and the way they use him, it's going to be hard to cover him one on one because a lot of the stuff is misdirection. You know sure, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But in an obvious passing down, you know, if it's going to be straight verticals and you know where guys are going to be, absolutely put him on the best guy. Yeah, he's been the Niners' leading receiver in each of the last five games he's played against the Rams. So I, I found this comment from defensive coordinator Brandon Staley telling once again as we prepare to see him deploy Ramsey against San Francisco. I think that Jalen Ramsey's uh, a natural player at star. I think that anybody that knows his game going back from when he was in high school knows that um, this is what he's capable of doing. Uh, I see him, you know, like, you know, a LeBron James, you know, is used in the basketball court where he's a positionless player. He plays some point guard. He plays some three, he plays some four, he guards fives, you know, and he's what his team needs to be in that particular game in order for them to be successful. And that's what makes him one of the best players of all time. And uh, congratulations to LeBron, a fellow Ohio guy. We're back in LA together. So excited for him, but I feel like Jalen's the same way. We just, we're going to put him where we feel like it's best and fortunate. He's got skill sets to be able to move him around. some. that's a new age defensive player. If you look at what has been drafted in the NFC West, right. Or been traded for in the NFC West, Jamal Adams, he can play outside. He can play safety. He can play linebacker. You put him all around, and it forces the offense to have to account for him. He can blitz. He can cover. He can do those different things. When you look at, uh, and, and the name just slipped my mind, but Isaiah Simmons from uh, the Arizona Cardinals, he can play every position, right? And you have to account for him. And then Jalen Ramsey. And, and I've said this. I, I remember when he was in Jacksonville. I'm like, you're just wasting him playing him on a side. That just is a waste of talent. Get him in the mix. Move him around. He can play safety, corner, inside, nickel. He can play linebacker. We see the way he hits. He's not afraid to get blocks. He, he'll blitz. He can do all these things. It would be a shame to not utilize him in that in that way. Have a dominant player like Kittle who can line up at tight end, who can line up at wide receiver in the slot. You need to have a defensive player for that. Now, Buda Baker does that as well for the Cardinals uh, in, in Arizona. But that's why he got paid. That's why he got paid. Jalen Ramsey got paid for the exact same reason, and it's it's ironic, you know, that you hear him call it the star position, but it's true because guess what? The same way Aaron Donald is on the defensive line, you can line him up all over the place, then everyone plays around him. You do the same thing with Jalen Ramsey. You line him up all over the place. Now you have to be your football IQ has to be high because you're doing different coverages and blitzes and things, which he has, but it forces everyone else around him to play around him, and that you know you can take away certain guys. and And I, I want to say the prime example was the Philadelphia Eagles. He was covering Zach Ertz, took him away. Then guess who they're going to? Deshaun Jackson. Guess what? Now you're out there on Deshaun now. Take him away. And it forces the offense to try to make adjustments where offense is normally dictating that to the defense. Diggs is really the only guy who's got him since Dallas, right? And like it, four Dallas catches came, for forty yards and a touchdown. Like that's got him. No, but it Dak was, a, was the only the quarterback touchdown I saw that went after him. Exactly. Most most quarterbacks are smart and stay away from since, him. Since the Cowboys got on the plane at LAX, yeah. twenty seven yards allowed. Yeah, in coverage by Jalen. You know, it's it's funny. No matter what he plays, and I like the LeBron comparison because he always keeps himself in position to make plays regardless of who he's on. Smaller guy, big guy, tight end, receiver. Uh, he's always in a position not to. 
it's not that he's playing against the guy he's covering. He is. Don't get me wrong. But he's also playing that quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm so tight to this guy that you want to go to. Go ahead and try to lay it in there, but you better be perfect. If not, mm-hmm. I'm going to get it. Uh, so and and I love the way he comes up and hits. He's not oh. just a corner. He's a defensive player. Uh, he lays the wood uh, like most safeties do. Um, he's a very willing type athlete, and I love his competitive spirit. And I'm glad he's out there with a guy like Aaron, a guy that might be a little, dare I say, tougher than him. Like if just in case you start talking too much, I can settle you down. Right. Because there's no one else out there that can. But if 99 tells you, hey, settle down, let's play. You might. It's almost like you're taking me back to week 16 at Levi Stadium and a couple of third down and 16s. And there's so much symmetry here, right? Because Ramsey's one and only interception as a Ram came against Garoppolo and the Niners in that game. But then late with Taylor Rapp behind him as a safety Mm. to that side, you know, they got vertical and they got into game winning field goal range. And now Jordan Fuller is out this week. So you're going to see a lot of Taylor Rapp. You're going to see that back end much as it was. I know it's Johnson, not Weddle. Um, But I, I just love that component of playing teams twice per year is these things start to cycle back right and yeah and, and so speaking of fuller like he and oba okoronkwo are going to miss some time right we're probably not going to see those guys until after the bye week which one of those is more concerning both near term and long term for the rams defensively it's fuller it's full you saw the way he played when he was the, the way he played, I mean, he was playing so fast against the Washington football team. I mean, he was where he needed to be, I mean, helping on the back end. Uh, the play he gets hurt. He's coming from 12 yards deep off on the hash and, and hits a guy in the mouth when he catches a flat route. So you're going to miss that type of speed on the back end. The, but the key is you have depth, right? Terrell Lewis is back, right? So he'll get some more pass rush opportunities. Taylor Rapp is, is, a, is and let's be honest, he's a really good safety. He's he's a good safety. The the in Buffalo he had some communication issues that was fixed the next week. So you're comfortable. You're lucky enough to have drafted well and guys are stepping up and making plays, and you have guys that have performed. And so I think that's a luxury for the Rams defensively to have so much depth at certain positions that are getting banged up. Um, but they just have to keep going. And then to be honest, like Micah Kaiser, will he be back? You hope so. But Troy Reader balled out like so you have depth all around the play Kenny Young played phenomenal he flying around I mean these guys are getting better and better and so you're going to have some injuries but I just think that the Rams have uh, a plethora of riches with the depth they have defensively and so again Jalen can move around and cover up some of your issues and then the other guys have to play around it you know I I, I wonder where you put them uh, when you talk about Jalen Ramsey which receiver you put them on um, because I guess the game plan this week is like the game plan against the Niners every single week is stop the run mm-hmm. uh, get them in the third down and then get after their quarterback whoever it may be especially if it's Garoppolo so which receiver scares you the most I gotta know which ones are gonna play quite frankly that's a great question yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's a receiver I think it's when you get in the third down and Kittle becomes an option you put him on Kittle and you let everyone else do their thing. I mean, he, he's their guy. Ayuk uh, has been mostly a running receiver so yeah. far, like both of his They're touchdowns. All running receiver, right. they? screens. Right. That, I mean, that's yeah. what they like. Trent, Guys Trent Taylor hasn't been the same guy since we saw him in 2018, I want to say, when he did some damage. Mm-hmm. Dante Pettis, it, they've all but given up on him. Debo Samuel might be that might be the guy who can get right. That's fair. This week, yeah. he, he would be one. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, it's it's the tight ends. So, uh, to answer your question, um, you're going to miss Oboe. I'm going to miss Oboe. He's Mm -hmm. getting nothing but better. I love him off the edge. But if he's going to be out, can you guarantee me a 
full and healthy and active Terrell Lewis. I mean, let's be serious. When they envisioned matching up against the 49ers in 2020, yeah. it wasn't with Oboe. It was with Floyd and with Lewis. Right. Okay, so if I get him at capacity or 100%, then I, I, I'd be okay with losing Oboe. But that's the scary thing for how they want to attack the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they love to try to put those ends, those outside linebackers in peril with all that misdirection and make you miss something and then out goes the ball. So as long as he's active and playing the run well – you can get along without having Oboe in this game. I'm not. I don't need him for pass rush right now. You don't need Terrell Lewis for pass. I need you to when George Kittle's on you, set an edge no because doubt. no one's been able to do that. That's the one thing about George Kittle that scares you is if you put Jalen Ramsey on him, he's overmatched in that running game. If he's blocking, he's going to he's right? going to drive him into the end zone. Exactly. and it'll be a red zone touchdown. We've seen him do it yeah. time and so time you, again. Terrell Lewis, that's where you have to show up in the running game and forcing that thing back to everyone else and not letting it get out of the front door because, again, Raheem, Raheem Mostert is running very well right that now. dude is fast. What did he clock out at, 23 miles an hour? Yeah. What, that first run against yeah. Cleveland in Monday Night Football a couple 23 years? miles an hour. Well, well that, was, uh, that was Brita on the on, on Oh, was that Brita? But you're talking about against the Jets. He yeah. ran a toss. They ran a toss sweep on the first play. Gone. 80, 80 yards. 80 yeah. yards. Wow. And you had the 76-yarder against Arizona yeah, in week one, too. Roll. It's just been game situation, time and score. They haven't been able to feed him, him as much as the they want you to. Better, this is the time where you need to start fast. Uh, on the other side of the equation, we need to talk about the Rams running backs. Sean McVay has promised more work for Cam Akers, but whose share is that coming out of? Because Daryl Henderson is going off, coming off a two-touchdown performance at Washington. But up next, it's four-down territory. We'll get the latest on the 49ers, both their health, their quarterback depth chart, and what's going on defensively as Rams All Access rolls on on 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Rams All Access, presented by SoFi. SoFi, get your money right. Hi, this is Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams. Donald gets there. A hat trick for Aaron. This is Rams All Access. Rams All Access continues now. Continue with Rams All Access previewing week six primetime in San Francisco. And here's a segment we call Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. Nick Wagner is a friend of the program. He's been with us several times to preview this rivalry. First time here in 2020 under different circumstances, certainly. And Nick, as we welcome you back to uh, Rams All Access, let's start with the quarterback depth chart. What's the health state of Jimmy G and who would you expect to back him up against the Rams? Yeah, for right now, Jimmy Garoppolo seems like he's trending towards starting again uh, on Sunday, which would be his second week back from that high right ankle sprain. But with high ankle sprains, there's always a little bit of a question on how quickly you can recover and when you can get back to 100%. You know, he started against the Dolphins, only made it through a half. They were behind by so much that he was pulled, and he was struggling certainly to, to plant off of that right ankle and drive the ball down the field. So Kyle Shanahan took him out. And I think they're, they're going to be kind of in that same situation again against the Rams, where if Jimmy Garoppolo 
isn't isn't at full strength. Doesn't look like he's able to to drive the ball off of his back foot. Uh, that he's good. You know, he could potentially be benched again if he struggles against the Rams. And so uh, then it would come to your second part of your question, which you know, Nick Mullen, C.J. Beathard, both of those guys have had opportunities. It was Beathard last week. I wouldn't be shocked if it was back to Mullins this week. That decision hasn't quite been made yet, but uh, certainly the Niners kind of need all hands on deck, even though I don't think they'll have all three quarterbacks active, uh, but certainly wouldn't be a complete shock if they had to use uh, the two guys that are on Sunday night. Nick Wagner covers the Niners for ESPN's NFL Nation, and protection has been an issue, and especially last week against Miami, some protection busts that left Garoppolo on his back. You know, I remember when the Niners came to the Coliseum last year with a couple of backup tackles and no use check and (laughs) ran roughshod over the Rams and now I'm looking at like Trent Williams and Lakin Tomlinson and McGlinchey like these guys are up these guys are playing what's the issue yeah it's really interesting because that's the one area you would have looked at the team kind of coming into the season and, and felt pretty good about although I would I would argue that they didn't address the interior of the offensive line enough in the offseason uh Weston Richburg their starting center is still coming back from that patella injury you know he's on he's on the physically unable to perform list can't come back till week seven at the earliest and then they had a bunch of injuries jb during training camp which meant a lot of moving pieces so that cohesion that you need as an offensive line is really more important than just kind of the individual talent i'm not saying individual talent doesn't matter but having that cohesion or lack of it in this particular instance i think has hurt them particularly when it comes to communication issues and i think the niners are seeing a lot more new defensive wrinkles that they didn't see last year that their offensive line is trying to adjust to on the fly and they're struggling with that in part because of those communication issues. So uh, that has certainly been something that's popped up for them over the first five weeks. Maybe a little bit of a surprise because, as you point to, one of the areas where they haven't had a lot of injuries, at least in season, and it's been something that has really set them back offensively. And particularly right now, without Nick Bosa and all the injuries they've had on the defense, they need the offense to be the kind of group that picks up the slack. So as of right now, they definitely look a little bit like the 2019 Rams where – you know, you had a really good offensive line that did well the year before when you went on a Super Bowl run, and then there was some sort of a regression, whether it was change in personnel or whatever, that's really affecting them. Fair point. Hey, on the other side of the football, I know last week was all about coverage and the injuries at corner and against, you know, Fitzmagic and everything the Dolphins did to kind of carve them up. But, I mean, man, it looks different up front, too, on defense. Like, without Bosa, yeah. without Ford, without DeForest Buckner, like, how much do you think that plays into the Niners' struggles defending the pass right now? I think it plays everything into it, honestly. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting, J.B., when you look back at last year, the Niners' pass defense in terms of just raw yardage numbers allowed and some of those things was as good as you'd seen in the NFL in a long time. I mean, they were putting up historical numbers. And a lot of it stemmed from the fact that their defensive line was just so dominant. And, and that's not a knock on their, on their secondary. They, did, they do have good players back there. But everything trickles down from the defensive line. The Niners have made no bones about it. This is what they want their team to be about, is starting with that group up front and getting after the quarterback. They invested you know, countless first-round picks in that defensive line. Even after trading DeForest Buckner, they used that pick on Javon Kinlaw and, and Bosa, obviously, Solomon Thomas over the years. So if they don't have that, it's really difficult for them to kind of cover up for whatever issues they have on the back end. And what you're seeing now is, is Robert Sala dialing up more blitzes than he ever has before, and he, he can he can say he's doing it just to throw changes up, but the fact that they can't create pressure with that front four is causing that kind of double-edged sword where 
all right, I, all right, do I need to create pressure on this, and that's going to make me more vulnerable on the back end, or do I need to drop more into coverage and give the quarterback more time to throw because my front four can't get pressure? So there's kind of that chicken or the egg thing, and, and right now, certainly against the Dolphins, it hasn't worked in their favor. Last thing, I know the Niners are in a world of hurt right now, but they're still a proud franchise. I know there's a lot of talent in this locker room. I really respect the coaching staff. Human nature says they're not going to lose their first four home games. Like, no matter how much they're hurting right now. Am I wrong? Like, shouldn't the Rams expect the very best from San Francisco on Sunday night? I think so. And, and, and you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean the Niners are going to win. But I think, I think it's one of those things, and I hate to say it because it's a cliche, but when you get teams like this that play each other every year, and especially when you have the familiarity that you do between the two head coaches, it's going to very rarely is that going to turn into a blowout. And even if you remember in, in 2017, uh, you know, the Rams came in this, into San Francisco and they were rolling. The Niners were starting Brian Hoyer at quarterback. That game looked like it was going to be a blowout. And then it turned into uh, just this like super entertaining shootout. Um, I, I wouldn't be completely shocked if you see a game like that. And I would expect the Niners certainly to put a better performance on the field particularly if they could get through this week with all of their offensive skill guys actually getting a full week of practice together, uh, maybe starting to gain some of that cohesion that they've been lacking because of so many injuries. So, yeah, I definitely think they're too proud. I think they're too well coached, and I think there's too much familiarity for them to just go out and get blown out again. And, and the Rams obviously are playing very well, so that's you know something you can't completely rule out. But it's always hard when you get teams like this together to sit here and say that one team is just going to dominate the other, even if there is a talent differential at that particular moment. All right, the forecasting is almost done. We get to see it play out for the first time in 2020 on Sunday night in Santa Clara. Hey, we appreciate you, Nick, as always, and we wish you the best this season, no matter which direction it goes for the Niners. We'll talk to you again when they rematch. Thanks, J.D. Take care. All right, so we continue with DeMarco Farr and MJD. The Niners still a good team, a good culture, trying to avoid losing three in a row and trying to avoid losing their fourth home game of the year. It's incredible to think that Arizona got them in the opener and now Philadelphia and Miami in back-to-back weeks. All right, we promised a little bit of uh, running back discussion here. Sean McVay says for the first time really all season, he's going to have all three of the uh, projected Rams depth chart running back members at full strength with Cam Akers back from his ribs. Uh, Daryl Henderson looks great after that training camp hamstring deal. And Malcolm Brown's finger has not been bothersome. The question is, are there enough footballs to go around for a team that's right now leading the NFC in rushing attempts? Uh, Let's start with Henderson because he is pro football focuses number one ranked running back and we asked Sean McVay about uh well the keg coming at opposing defenses in the hole this week he is maybe short but he's a thick little guy now I mean he is he's a sturdy he's like a keg running you over (laughs) you know he's got low center of gravity great contact balance but he's wired the right way he's always grounded uh but uh we always joke with him, but he's 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 like a uh, he's like a keg coming at you. Just a sturdy, steady guy that can have great. Uh, he, he's got some impact on uh, on contact for sure. That sounds like Maurice Jones. If, if only he was here. <laughs> you know Mo is you know yeah, that's it. I tell you what, Mo was like a keg too. Great contact balance. You, you had to tell Mo I said that. He'll probably get on me about some sort of blocking uh, down in the goal line. <laughs> get those, don't bring those safeties down in there. For him. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, how about so for we would rather just let him tee off on you and not even put a hat on him. See how he likes that. Sean, just call me. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back in playing shape. Like it's, it's all good. I could be the fourth guy if you need. You said you actually had a play designed up for him, right? Oh, I do. I, I'm going to draw it up and I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, and then you can, you know. 
we could either Skype it to him or Zoom call it to him so he could see it. It's, it's a guaranteed touchdown, and it's actually a passing play, which is crazy, right? You'd think I'd have a running play drawn up, but it's a passing play. It's a, you know, You're going to be the fourth guy? You've never been the fourth guy. I, well, see, DeMarco, that was you're right. But that was so long ago. Like, I have a whole new outlook on life, right? So I'm okay with being the fourth guy as long as the price is Would right. Would you play fullback? No, they don't have a fullback in this <laughs> offense. You, what if they need to say, Marius, come play fullback? As long as I can do the corner route like Gerald Everett and be wide open, like, why not? Like, I'll, I'll go in there and, like, tippy-toe in the hole and – to make sure I'm positioned right, and then I'll just you know little lead, lead week, and oh, yeah, then just leak out and take forty one. yards off. Of. I'm gonna catch one, then I'm gonna jump out of bounds. Don't touch my body. <laughs> but, but what about distribution this week? I mean, just let's just take a step back. You know the skill set of all of them. I think right now the hot hand, if you had to choose it, would be Daryl. But Cam had a nice run and, and showed some of that, you know, yards after contact that that he was known for in those muddy run situations at Florida State. What would you do? Well, I, I'm. I'm going to start with Daryl Henderson. I'm never going to, you know, he's earned the right to be the guy. He's earned the right to be the starter. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get the, the most carries, right? You're going to start the game, and, you know, as long as we're running the ball and we're doing the right things, then yes. But when you're in a running back by a committee, everyone gets an opportunity. Everyone has a drive or everyone gets a, a series or they get a situation. And then if you break – like, oh, 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 here we go. Like, all right, let's start feeding this guy a little bit. Seems like he's in the zone or he has uh, the best day. And I, I felt like when you're looking at the Washington football team, you had Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers rolling. So now we have a real problem. Now we got two guys rolling. We'll just mix those guys in and out. Everyone's fresh and you can make you can make plays. And then, you know, going back to week one, I, I feel like each week it was a different guy. Malcolm Brown was week one. He was hot. You run, you ride with him. Uh, week two was Daryl Henderson. You ride with him. Week three was Daryl Henderson. You ride, like you just pick and choose which guy it goes. But as long as you continue to run the ball and lead the NFC in rush attempts, there's enough balls to go around for these running backs. The question is, is when you you know you kind of go down, you have to be a little bit pass happy. That's when things kind of get messed up. I mean, there aren't enough footballs to go around, and that's a wonderful problem to have. Because if you just think like. So let's say 60 snaps in a game. Okay, 30 of them are run plays. Now let's just distribute the targets. Oh, yeah. I mean, the running back's got to get two or three of those. Okay. Of course, yeah. All right, so now you're down to 25. Uh, you want Cooper Cup to get his share? Six to seven. Well, are, you, are you scoring a bunch of points? Because if you're scoring points at will, then everybody's happy. If if you know if it's a struggle, then that's when people start. You know, I need the I need yeah, the block more. Yeah, yeah. I don't want people to press just because they're trying to right. get their carries. You know what I mean? But if if you're putting points on the board, who cares? You know what I mean? I, I agree yeah. with that, and I think it's kind of encapsulated in like the Josh Reynolds Van Jefferson situation, yeah. right? Like we were sky high in Van Jefferson. Everyone was back in August. He's all but disappeared in this offense. Not through any fault of his own necessarily, not because of bad reasons, but you look at that couple of those catches Josh Reynolds made. He, he's earned the right to play he, more. He's hanging on to that wide receiver three spot. Similarly with Tyler Higby, like because he dominated December, because he had a big game against these Niners, because he went for three touchdowns against Philadelphia, I think a lot of people are like, where's Tyler Higby been? True. Well, well, I know at least last week he was dealing with Ryan Kerrigan. <laughs> right. He was he was he it's yeah. so funny. Um and 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 I love the way and you know, you guys have to tell Sean this. I love the way that he's calling plays. Like one week you have to sacrifice your body. Guess what? Against Philadelphia, Gerald Everett was the one blocking Brandon Graham and making sure that Jared Goff had time. Now guess what? Tyler Higby, it's your turn this week. We need you to stop Ryan Kerrigan or Chase Young or whoever it may be in this situation so we can get the ball off. And it just it goes back and forth and get sometimes 
it's going to be Rob, more Robert Woods than Cooper Cup. Another time, it's going to be more Cooper Cup than Robert Woods. And then it, it just, but that is tough for a defense to game plan against. No doubt. Right? Think like, all right, who's there? Who? When you look at all the targets, everything is spread out e- equally. It's like, well, we don't know who to lock right. up. Who's the number one guy? That's the first thing McVay mentioned. When we were talking about Goff, we were talking about Woods, Cup, everybody. He said, I love the way that Jared Goff spread the ball around. Mm-hmm. And that is tough on a defense because you just can't key on one guy. Can't. You, what, what, where do we send the safety to? Because we think it's going to be him, and then boom, the backside guy kills you. You know, so you have to play it honest. Then they start running the football on you. It just it becomes one of those four quarter, you know, mind twists, and it just drives you nuts. I'll be curious to see this week how much how much can they protect with five relative to some of the pass rushes they've seen in recent weeks, and then how much do they need to protect with five in terms of yeah. in terms of what game they're well, they get I would locked be in? Shocked if they get to you with four. Yeah, well, you, they got Kinlaw's that, that, good. I Kinlaw's like Kinlaw. Good. Kinlaw's good, and Armstead has always been Armstead. Armstead, he's, but he's, I, been, he's always been the co-star to yeah. Buckner, and now he's on Front Street, and he's the same guy. So. But here it is Thursday night, and I'm not sure I've even yeah. come to terms with the fact that Bosa and Ford aren't coming. Like no. they're not yeah, playing this. You're week. safe from them this a- week, and DeForest yeah. Buckner is no longer there. Like I, yeah. I'm still trying to shift my paradigm in terms of this Niners defense is not well, on paper what it was. And don't get me seven wrong, months ago, Fred Warner is good. Oh, he's gosh, balling. I think he's one of the best linebackers th- th- out there. That's but, their best part. Yeah. Him and then. Uh, my man from Tampa that's playing that that came over linebacker that's flying around too right Quan? now. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's, a, high, he's got a high ankle. He's See that, that like yeah. So now it's just for, like you're out there with I guess Greenlaw then and and Warner in yeah. this situation. So and you're going to be chasing ghosts half the game. And this is the other thing that I, I I have to say this when you can run the same place with different personnel over and over and over again, you, they don't know what to key on. So if you can run the same run plays with with Acres Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Even though they may hit differently, it messes up the defense because there's no key. There's no, okay, Henderson's in. There's only going to be outside runs and this and that, so we know we got to fly. No, he can run downhill and run through you, right? So, Or Malcolm Brown is only going to run A-gap to A-gap. No, no, no. He'll get a stretch, too. And how, so, about, how about when Rob comes in motion now and he's liable to get that jet sweep or he's liable to run a wheel route off of it for a 56-yard touchdown? So it makes – for fantasy purposes, it makes – it hard to pick a guy, but for just regular football purpose, it, it's it's the toughest thing to cover because there is no number one guy. Like if you're talking about the Seattle Seahawks, I will stop DK Metcalf going deep. Period. That is it. I know that's what they want to do. Easier said stop than done that. so far but, this but, year. But you know what? That's what they want to yeah. do. What do the Rams want to do? Who who's their go to guy? Tell me. It's the whole team. <laughs> and that's tough for a defense to try to no, stop, I mean, especially a defense that's banged up. At different junctures this yeah. year, we've we've said for every single one of these guys, it'd be nice to get Cooper Cup more. It'd be mm-hmm. nice to get Robert Woods more. It'd be nice to get Gerald Everett more. It'd be nice for Tyler Higby to get back where he was in Philadelphia. Boy, can Van Jefferson get some more snaps, please? <laughs> like, Yeah. I bet, I bet you have a few run plays pop this week. Because? If, if you're Robert Sala and you're down so many guys, especially in the back end, start you're going to have blitzing. to protect it somehow. You're going to have to start run-dogging. You're going to have to start mm-hmm. slanting your line left and right, trying to hope the Rams miss a guy and hit somebody for a loss or a tackle for loss. So I would bet the Rams block it up, and there's going to be lanes to the end zone. There's going to be big rushing lanes there. I bet you have a bunch of runs pop this week. And what makes it so tough for a defense is there's always a guy that you have to hide defensively, right? Um, you rarely see a defense. And there there have been some great ones where everybody out there is just dog and can make plays. You're always trying to hide someone. And when you play the Rams, you can't hide them because any, everyone can, anyone can get the ball. Well, imagine now everyone is that guy that you're trying to hide on this defense, both cor- like corners, safeties. Oh yeah. D- like you're trying to hide everyone, 
and anyone can touch the ball. That that makes it tougher on you. Uh, but like that, with all that being said, and, and you know, it seems like you know the Rams have the the upper hand right now. You just know when you cross those lines, them dudes are going to be yep. lights out. I mean, the same thing with the New York Giants. They were what a double touch, two touchdown underdog, and then they showed up. So you know that's what's going to happen in this game. Coming up next, Jared Goff goes back to the Bay Area. He's a 26-year-old now. Happy birthday, and he's played some of his best football against these 49ers. We'll dig deep on the season that Jared has had so far when Rams All Access continues on 710 ESPN. It's J.B. Long, Maurice Jones, Drew, and DeMarco Farr. Hi, this is Michael Brockers of your Los Angeles Rams. This is Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Whose house? Rams house. The guys that call the action for every Rams game on 710 are back this season, every week, to get you ready for the upcoming Rams game. And tonight on Rams All Access, we get you ready. The Rams are headed to Levi Stadium on Sunday night as we begin divisional play against the NFC West. Rams, Niners, Sunday night football. Hi, this is Rob Havenstein of your Los Angeles Rams. This is Rams All Access. Rams All Access. All right, let's give the uh, birthday boy his due. Jared Goff, now 26 years of age, his career record 37 and 22. It all began with a uh, inactive, ball cap wearing Monday night loss, right? At the outset mm-hmm. of his career at San Francisco. Uh, now he's the guy, and he's playing really well. And I, I think there's an interesting kind of dichotomy to this story where he leads the NFL in yards per attempt but his production numbers aren't that high haven't had to be that high because of the circumstances the Rams have been in uh, leading most of the way and the other part of it is he's got the lowest uh, intended air yards per throw of any quarterback since 2016 in fact so this perception that he's dinking and dunking still exists and I still think undermines some of the work that he's doing relative to his peers where do you guys stand on the season that jared has had through five weeks again i i believe that efficiency is better than the wild throws and efficiency is going to take you longer and take you farther than a quarterback that's going to you know a gunslinger that's going to throw the ball off his back foot 70 yards for a touchdown but the next two passes are going to probably be intercepted or almost intercepted right Uh, when you talk about jared golf he's been efficient and that works. When you talk about Tom Brady, when Tom Brady was in New England, he had one year where he had some wild throws. Every other year, the for the 19 other years that oh, he with Randy Moss? Yeah, with Randy Moss. Like those were like wild throws because he was just throwing it down there and Randy was going to get it. But those other plays, he was efficient with the ball. He was getting the ball out quick, getting it to his receivers and, and um not only getting it to them, but getting them to where they can continue their the yak, the yards after catch, right? That's what you're looking for, that efficiency. And and I said this uh, um, against the Buffalo Bills. Sometimes efficiency, because it's not exciting, it doesn't wow us. People are like, oh, that's horrible. I wish when I played that I had an I had an efficient quarterback one year. We went to the playoffs and we went to the divisional round with an efficient quarterback. The next years, they weren't as efficient. Guess what? We didn't make the well, playoffs. Well, that Buffalo game is, I think, the quintessential example, maybe until you play Russell Wilson again, where you have a guy who's the envy of the NFL right now, Josh Allen, doing a ton of great things. But what did he do in that second half? Took unnecessary risk downfield. One became an interception. Hung on to the football too long. Yeah. Took sacks. Fumbled. Like he built that lead. Josh Allen did. 
And he also gave you every opportunity to get back from it, didn't he? Love to play poker against him, right? You know what I mean? (laughs) I'll get my money back at some point. He's crazy. Uh, But no, Jared Goff, I think he's doing a great job in the pocket. That's number one. You can tell how he's moving around, uh, buying time. And a a guy that's being accurate and efficient, I mean, he's really splitting the defense in two. He's beating the defense to the spot with the football. Uh, We said this before. He's not fast. Uh, He's very athletic. He's just not fast. So all the stuff he has to do to... Uh, play fake here, boot here, throw back there. I mean, that's all athletic stuff. And to throw with accuracy on time to where the guy on the receiving end can do something with it. Mm. I mean, that's all a part of his genius. So I, I guess it's like Sean McVay getting in Jared Goff's ear. Hey, look, just run my offense to the best of your ability and we'll be fine. Eventually, there'll be some opportunities for you to go vertical. For you to show off that arm, to Mm -hmm. get some of those air yards. Uh, But it has to be within the framework of what they're doing because that pick he threw in Washington, that's the one you want back. That was... Got to get that out of your game. Yeah, that's that stuff you can't have, especially against a a division rival. But the way he's playing right now, I mean, if you can keep that up for the rest of the year, you're going to be in the mix with the best quarterbacks in the league, not just this conference. I mean, he already is. I mean, he's top five with these guys, Rodgers, Wilson... Allen, Brady, and right in front of Mahomes. Like, well, and, and, and if you played a game with a, a casual NFL fan, which one of these guys doesn't belong? You'd say him. They're throwing Goff out. Yep. But like, it's. I love that they're going to San Francisco this week because, in, in my mind, Montana and Walsh mm-hmm. and West Coast offense and like, well, you can't you can't do it any better than they did. Except Sean and and Jared are trying. Stay with it. Well, I'll yeah. say I'll say this too. In, in the closing, is that Jared has picked up his pocket presence and not fumbling the ball, right? So that totally. those two go hand in hand. When he, he feels pressure, he steps up in the pocket or he slides left and right, and it's just those six inches that he's able to do that allows him to to get the ball out, which he wasn't able to do the first couple of years. Now can he go out-duel Jimmy G and the Niners and get the Rams to 5-1? and one? NFC West play is finally here under the lights at Levi Stadium in primetime in Week 6. For DeMarco, for MJD. Cute, MJD. No, thank you. I'm JB Long. Hope you'll join us on Sunday for our broadcast on 710 ESPN.